The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the final episode of Customer Engagement Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we've been taking a deep dive into the ways that you can appropriately engage with your most valuable asset, your customer relationships. Each day this week, we've been publishing episodes that discuss the tactics you can implement to build stronger and longer lasting relationships with your customers. Joining us for Customer Engagement Week is Tink Taylor, who is the founder and president at Dot Digital, which is the global leader in customer engagement technology. Dot Digital's platform seamlessly integrates your existing e-commerce, CRM, and business intelligence data to give you a powerful marketing tool that sends the right message at the right time across your email, SMS, social, mobile, web, and retargeting channels. And so far this week, we've discussed personalization and how you can use data to create relevant experiences, how to manage omni-channel engagement, why mobile prioritization is so important, and we've also talked about customer segmentation. And today we're going to talk about the future of customer engagement and how data, privacy, and ethics are going to play a huge role in how you think about reaching your customers. Here's the last installment of Customer Engagement Week with Tink Taylor from Dot Digital. Tink, happy Friday and welcome to the last episode of Customer Engagement Week on the MarTech Podcast. Hi, how are we doing? It's great to have you back here. I'm excited to wrap up our conversation. We've covered a lot of ground and I'm excited to talk to you about what you see coming down the pipe in terms of customer engagement. Right now, it's a little bit of the wild, wild west. There's omni-channel marketing across multiple different channels, email, SMS, messengers coming around. We're also seeing a lot of impact in terms of governments coming in and talking about regulation for what data you can access and how that can be used. Talk to me about your thought on what the impact of things like GDPR are on customer engagement and what do you see happening down the road? I think GDPR is actually a good thing. I've worked in the industry for the Direct Marketing Association in the UK and also here in the US where I find myself these days. And I'm actually today up in Vancouver, which obviously Canada has the Castle Act, which is similar in its approach to GDPR. Now, having worked for the Direct Marketing Association, a lot of the stuff we've done there over the years is to build guidance and best practices and, and stuff, which really actually, if you look at them, are over and above some of the laws like GDPR today. 
So it was always about taking an interest in the consumer's rights and ensuring that brands are being honest about what data they're collecting, how they're collecting it, how long they keep it for, where they keep it, and what they're using it for. And I've actually personally been involved, you know, if you go, well, our minds go back to the cookie law and all of that sort of stand, the scandal back then. I worked very closely with the information commissioner in the UK who was lobbying on behalf of the UK government to the EU laws around sort of the use of cookie technology. And he said something to me that has always stayed with me. He was sort of saying, you just have to use your mum and dad test. All this data that the technology allows us to acquire does the person at the other end or does your mum know it's happening? Because if she does know that this data is being collected, she does know what it's being used for and why. And if she does, you decide to let that happen because she can derive that she's going to get a benefit from it. That's okay. We don't need any laws. If brands are not being or technologies are not being upfront about how their data is being used or applied or collected, if people are completely obliviously aware from there, then you need regulation to prevent you know, that being abused. So really, a lot of the regulation comes back to education about, you know, everyone who use Facebook and are you surprised that people have been data mining it? It's like, I didn't know I'd given my data away. You've been posting information on there for decades. You didn't think that that was not being stored and couldn't be used and applied in some way. Obviously, in the recent scandals that we've seen and the fines that Facebook have recently been issued shows that that really does need to have some deliverance on the regulation around privacy. And if yeah, I think a lot of us have probably watched Mr. Zuckerberg facing Congress and the type of questions he's had from there from a technologist is quite remarkable. The lack of understanding about how all this stuff might or might not work. We kind of forget in the world of marketing or in the world of digital or in the world of tech, we take all this stuff for granted. But what we must be very clear on is educating the wider masses on how this works and why we collect this data. And if you do that and you explain the benefits it can deliver, then I think people are comfortable. I have a funny story about the mom and dad test. My dad bought an Apple Watch and he was trying to learn how to use Apple Pay and he went to Apple and they said, well, your watch works, but he couldn't figure out how to do the double tap to get his credit card to show up so he could use Apple Pay. And I said, dad, you're just not double clicking, right? And because you're not double clicking, right, it's registering as one click. And so you don't get the card that shows up. You get whatever your last app was. You need to double click. And he said, Ben, I had three kids. I'm pretty sure I know how to double click. And of course, when I got together with my dad and showed him how to use the phone, he just wasn't double clicking fast enough. And that was the problem. So I have a little issue with the mom and dad test because my dad can't even double click on his Apple Watch. Dad, when you're listening to this, I'm sorry. But I do think that one of the other ways to think about this is if Congress in the United States doesn't understand what the data collection policy is, it might be a little bit too confusing for the average consumer. Well, maybe we are furiously agreeing on the same point there. My point being about the mum and dad's test, if we can educate your dad, we would have covered everyone else between Congress to him and deliver that. Well, maybe your dad's beyond saving. I apologize if I ever meet him. <laughs> but at least we should be trying to educate him and my parents as well. And if we are doing as much as possible to be open and transparent and to educate on what's going on, then we will have moved in the right direction. I think, unfortunately, when we talk about Congress there, one of the reasons why 
myself and Dot Digital, we've been heavily involved in the lobbying around GDPR. Because there's such a lack of understanding about how this stuff works, what we're in danger is crippling a digital industry with regulation that just makes things technically impossible to work. And equally, something that needs to work because it's desirable for the end recipients. So it isn't all horrible and dangerous and such like. Obviously, it's open to abuses, and that's why regulation needs to be there. So I think the technologists need to work much closer with the regulators to educate on how this stuff actually works so we can then bring appropriate legislation in place that gives the right level of privacy and protection to an individual but doesn't also stifle the features and functionalities that they love and desire because it delivers them benefits and relevance and enhances their life. So it's a game of catch up in education. And I think maybe the technology side has probably thought they're pretty smart and been doing this stuff for years and years and hasn't really thought about the education piece. And then suddenly people find out some of the stuff that's being used because there's been a flagrant abuse and then it's shock horror and these stories of privacy scandals, you know, sending shockwaves and sending, in many cases, fear into individuals where it doesn't need to exist because the technology actually can be used in a very positive light to enhance people's lives. I think that most people understand that then when they're publishing something on a social network or they're posting information where other people can see it, that it's not just the people that they already know can get access to it, that it's publicly available. And unless you're expressly saying that something is only for a select group, and basically that data becomes fodder for marketing and other things. I think where some people get confused, they don't know that things like location data, that they're expressly sending out a signal to be marketed what their behaviors are in terms of where they go and even some of their commercial interests. As you think about integrating not just publicly available data, but location data and some of the other signals that are available, a special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know, then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. Mm -hmm. 
at what point are we reaching max data and going over the tipping point? Do you feel like it's out of bounds to use location-based data? And you can buy all of these data sources. We've interviewed multiple vendors of location data for the MarTech podcast. Is that something that's out of bounds because people don't realize that their phone is sending off a signal broadcasting where they are most of the time? I don't have a problem with it personally. The issue and the challenge is if it's sending that data and recording that data without my knowledge or without my permission. Now, if a message came up and said, hey, Tink, we're going to take your location here because we would like to send you, I don't know, something interesting, relevant, offer for whatever brand you're interested. If there was something relevant to you when you're in this area, I'll be delighted by that. But it's making it transparent. It's asking the question, giving the the individual the right to elect to opt in or to opt out. And then I'm making an informed decision about something, a product and service that would enhance my life. Or equally, I'm making that I have the right to remain anonymous and private. But the problem becomes, as you say, whatever the data collection that's happening, if that is happening without the individual's consent and prior knowledge, then that is obviously wholeheartedly wrong in my opinion. Talk to me about outside of the data collection and usage process that goes into customer engagement. Are there new formats of engagement, new channels that you see coming up on the rise? What in terms of a delivery mechanism is interesting to you when you think about customer engagement? Without a crystal ball, I couldn't give you an exact answer to that. I think the amount of each channel and how it's utilized will maybe change. I could kind of look at it like a graphic equalizer that would slide one up and on down. So I think we'll see a whole lot more of chatbots. That's if we just look at things like even in our world, you know, we have a lot more customers or in the millennial ages and they never phone or email our support. It's all done through chat. So it's driven by what's happening in society. So how do people like to consume their data? I mean, VR is heavily tipped to be a message to carrying our marketing messages or just anything in general. I think we've probably got a long way to catch up on that front for that to be 100% utilized by everyone in terms of the technology and the devices that we have that will be able to record, play, send that sort of material. But that's certainly something for the future. And we see some people doing that incredibly well. And I think maybe if I spin the question back slightly at you, I think also we shouldn't overlook some of the historic channels with marketing automation and I say using automation that integrates each channel, I think one of your earlier questions was talking about maybe sending out an email, they didn't engage there, they sent out an SMS, maybe they didn't engage there, maybe we sent them something social, they didn't engage there. Why don't we pop something in the post? <laughs> That's when you look at your persona. Well, this guy is a real loyal, recent and frequent customer. Let's send them something high value, glossy, expensive in the post. Or these guys just never engage with anything. One last try. Why don't we swung a cheap leaflet through their letterbox? So we can always look forward to the new, shiny, exciting stuff. But maybe we could also remember, look to the past, because some of those channels are as equally effective if used in the right way in combination about what insights you can learn, ironically, for the digital world and then apply that to maybe the offline world and see how that fares as well. Yeah, I agree that there's already a trend of going back towards what were previously offline channels. And I'm talking about out-of-home marketing, direct mail, and then you can use your location data in conjunction with those types of campaigns to understand whether they're actually driving interaction. So we're starting to see that trend. 
The other one that pops into my mind of other vehicles which are going to become more prevalent for marketing is going back to broadcast media in terms of television and actually the OTT revolution being able to use the big screen to reach customers with more of a branded message and more of a longer format video message. I think that technology is going to come around and allow us to be much more smarter and sophisticated when it comes to television. And that's another engagement strategy. How we're consuming content through TV is obviously being radicalized in recent years with PBRs and Netflix and what have you coming on. So there's intelligence behind that. You know, if you look at Netflix, they know what you're interested in. They know how often and what you watch. We know what you watch, other people watch and so on and so forth. And yeah, we're seeing the likes of Facebook and Amazon moving into that space. Two companies that have always been heavily driven by data-driven insights and marketing in and around what they can understand there. So I think you're right. You'll see a significant shift in some of the marketing mediums that will be available through that. At the end of the day, I see that there is impending regulation coming and all of the scrutiny under the amount of data that marketers are able to collect and the format which they're able to utilize it. There's going to be more pressure on marketers to communicate how they're collecting their data and make sure that customers understand that the data is being collected and how it's being used. On the flip side, there's going to be an increase in even more channels and other ways that we can sort of continue to expand our omni-channel marketing efforts to reach people, not just through new channels like AR and VR, but go back to old channels like out of home, direct mail, even OTT and broadcast television to be able to get a message to the right person at the right place at the right time. So the future is bright in terms of customer engagement, but it is definitely not getting any more simple. Tink, any last words on customer engagement and the future of how you see marketers reaching their customers? Well, maybe more so on the privacy stuff is I encourage people to, with all the data that they have at their disposal is to remember it's not yours, it's your customers. So do the right thing by it. I think that's great advice and a good note for us to wrap up Customer Engagement Week on the MarTech Podcast. So Tink, let me just say thanks again for being my guest. It's been a pleasure to talk with you this week. Thanks for being a supporter of the MarTech Podcast. Appreciate you spending the time with us. My pleasure. All right. And that wraps up Customer Engagement Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Tink Taylor from Dot Digital for joining us. If you'd like to learn more of Tink's tips for building an effective customer engagement strategy, you can get in touch with him through the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Tink Taylor, T-I-N-K-T-A-Y-L-O-R. Or you can visit his company's website, which is .digital.com. A couple of links I want to tell you about in our show notes. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information, and you can also sign up for our newsletter, which is a once a week blast to give you information about all of last week's episodes. Also, you can send us a question at benjshap.com slash question. Of course, you can also reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want to daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed. We publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed on Monday morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.